0: Coming to you entirely pre-recorded from the Garage of Solitude in Whitestone, Queens, I am Mario Francisco Robles.
1: And from the Office of Justice on Long Island, New York, obviously, I'm Brett Miro, and this is episode 174 of the Fanboy Podcast. Yes, indeed it is, and it is our first one of the year. I am
0: feeling so good and so ready to kick off this year we got a lot of fun topics to get into and i'm feeling very uh reinvigorated and ready to go because with all this stuff going on with dcu all the murmurs about superman everything i just like this is an exciting time to be talking about this stuff after many years of weird limbo and purgatory and waiting for some kind of real plan to come we are right on the precipice of James Gunn unveiling sort of phase one of his DCU slate this week. And uh, there's some fun just stuff to unpack along the way. So without further ado, Brett, why don't you start us off? Have you been watching or uh, playing anything of late that you would like to mention here?
1: Yeah, so if uh, if you do follow me on Twitter, I'm not always that active. I'm trying to be more active. But uh, recently I did watch a ton of things, and uh, I-, I tweeted about it. I figured I'd start doing like little mini-reviews. Um, so every time I'm trying to watch I watch something, I'm, I'm trying to do that. Um, so I did recently watch the menu on HBO. So if you go on my Twitter, you could probably see me talk about that. I just saw The Whale recently, um, which I really enjoyed. I mean, I, I enjoyed both those movies so far, so that's like my quick quick little review. Um, highly recommend. But uh, yeah, so check those out. I won't like go into them ad nauseum on here. Um, one thing I just remember though that I that I will mention, just kind of randomly. Um, so I was uh, I was sick about a week ago. Well, I just a couple of days ago I just got over it. But like a week ago I had COVID, so I was home and uh, I did. I I was like, what whatever shall I do? And I randomly just rewatched uh, Marvel's uh, in uh, Infinity War and Marvel's uh, Avengers. I mean Marvel's new. Avengers Infinity War and <laughs> Avengers Endgame it's marvel's Avengers. oh yes so i yeah i watched those i watched one one day and then the next day i watched the other i hadn't watched them in a very long time like i've gone back to end game but just kind of like fast forwarded to like some of like the hype moments and like that's pretty much it but i watched yeah both of them straight through and i forgot uh how dark and depressing infinity war is like it's a very <laughs> it dark <is>. movie <laughs> like it's, it's still you know what though it holds up and it, it hits all the most yeah. the emotional moments hit and it's a really cool and i forgot yeah. like I feel like um, once Endgame came out, we all kind of were, like, just all raving about Endgame because there's so many, like, big fan servicey moments in that and, like, all the time travel. And and yeah, it's, and like, it's the big just, like, payoff the bigger, of everything. Yeah. So. so, but, like, Infinity War's, like, got some really cool fucking moments in it. It's it's really good. Infinity War is yeah. really good. Um, yeah. You know, you might even, like, there might be an argument that it's better than Endgame in a way just because, like, it doesn't get lost in all, the, like, the time travel hijinks and it's just kind of, like... yeah more of a straightforward story but uh yeah th- it's a really good movie and then end game of course end game is is it's incredible it's an incredible movie um also the first half of that movie super depressing and dark <laughs> like <laughs> like like i remembered it was when i saw it but i haven't yeah. seen it in so long and i'm watching it and i'm like oh no like this has like a dark tone for like a lot of it like and it's yeah. it's good and um it's also kind of like a reminder that like m- not really with the exception of maybe no way home like nothing since has really lived up to it like those are some really good highs and they and they hold up years later even after like all these other great movies have come out um you know even from the dc's out like the batman and and joker and like all these other things like it's it's still they're still really good they're really good comic movies those russo brothers let me tell you man they might have a future (laughs) not bad yeah (laughs) Yeah. So that's one thing. And then uh, the other thing is actually, I'm just going to do a quick plug. I'm going to do it again at the end of the show too. Because I'm dirty. Because I'm dirty. But um, uh, The Last of Us TV series uh, that we've talked about on the show before um, is finally out. Uh, episode, as we're recording this, it's a little late uh, than normally we usually do, but it's a Sunday. So episode two just dropped. I actually just finished watching it right before recording this. But um, every week now, I am actually, so every Tuesday um, around 8.30 Eastern time while well, we have a live stream i'm joining uh two gentlemen from uh, kind of like friends of the show uh from the chatter after uh which is actually mario's cousin brandon <laughs> um i was gonna say friends
0: mike, of the show yeah yeah friends of the, show, of the show family
1: <laughs> of the show uh brandon alvarado so uh, the scarlet fan at the scarlet fan 52 on twitter um so i join him and uh mike thomas who is at novice cinephile and has like a really he's awesome just an YouTube awesome channel?
0: guy to talk to, by the way. Yeah. Mike awesome is-
1: guy to talk to yeah. really good. Yeah. makes really great content on YouTube. So go check out his channel, novice cinephile. Yes, Please um, do. Yes. He does a lot of like good, like video essays and reviews and, and it's really cool. And he's just a really nice person. Um, so kind of like a cool, like friend I made just on the internet at my old age. It's fun. Uh, so yeah, every week tuesdays eight thirty eastern time and we do a review of uh each week's episode of the last of us we're going to do that for the whole season so um you know if you're fans of just the show or or you are fans of the game as well and you have that background um you know we're all versed in uh, both sides of it so having some really cool in-depth talks nerding out about it and uh, like i said it's live stream too so like if you want to get involved you can uh, i think uh, we stream it on the chatter after youtube channel so you can yeah. actually live comment live and we actually can pull that stuff up on screen and uh you know talk about it and then of course it's all going to be archived there on youtube too so you can just watch it at your leisure whenever you get to it uh so yeah uh please check that out by the way
0: that live streaming thing is something we want to do here on this show too at some point but for some reason
1: so yeah for some reason we've been a
0: little hesitant yeah Mm -hmm. we've been anxious to pull the eat like just hesitant to pull the trigger on it but i think one of these coming weeks. Why not? We should try it. Yeah, we got to plan one. We'll Thursday let everyone night. know in advance,
1: and then yeah. we'll do something cool.
0: Do like a Thursday, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time live stream coming up. That'd be very these fun. Weeks. But we'll, we'll talk about it. But, you know, it's funny you mentioned Brandon and the chatter after, right after talking about Avengers Infinity War, because you know, when Infinity War first came out, my initial response to it was a little bit salty. I was not all the way sold i was a little bit kind of like underwhelmed with the finish too i'm like we know all these people are coming back so what a weird thing to kind of like quasi kill everyone off and everything feels kind of forced and we like i don't know i just wasn't really sold sure and then brandon had like coincidentally booked a trip to new york to visit family and while he was here he like took some hours out of his trip to basically like Let's let's go for coffee, and I'm going to tell you why you're wrong about Infinity War, <laughs> and you need to give it another chance. And you know, Brandon, to his credit, made some really valid points. And I'm like, okay, fine. I'm going to go see it now in that frame of mind. And wouldn't you know it, I ended up loving it. So yeah, Brandon is could be a pretty persuasive uh, freaking guy. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, and and just speaking of like, you know, revisiting movies and whatnot, I realized something. Like, I'm, I'm really mad at myself in the year 2022, because in the year 2022, I, a self-avowed film buff who lives and breathes movies, talking about them, analyzing them, getting the scoop on everything, trying to, like, just, you know, immerse myself in the world of film. I was looking back and I'm like, oh, my God, I think I only saw two 2022 releases. Like, I just never make the time to see new movies anymore. When I, when I, whenever I see a movie, it's either some big geeky thing that I feel like I've, I got to watch so we could talk about right. it on the show and all that. And Coincidentally, the two movies we saw together, it was The Batman and Doctor Strange 2. Those are the only movies in 2022 that came out in 2022 that I saw. Everything else was like on a family movie night doing some retro watch of an old favorite or a movie I want to introduce to my kids and stuff like Avengers Infinity War. Because believe it or not, I started a Marvel rewatch with my family like two years ago. But since there's like 22 movies and a lot of times, you know, I I can't be around on Friday nights for our movie nights because I'm out DJing, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, there have been some breaks along the way, but we still have not completed our Marvel rewatch. So as of right now, we did Infinity War like a month and a half ago. And then two weeks later, we did Ant-Man and the Wasp and then we've stalled out. So the next one is Endgame. And since it is such like a long, epic kind of heavy thing, Kristen and I keep putting it off because it's like, do I have that three hour epic in me at the end of a a long (laughs) Friday? You know, but uh, that is the next one on the to do list. And I, I can't wait to do it. But more than anything. I've made a promise to myself in 2023 that I got to start watching some freaking movies again. I got to start like taking yeah. the time to see what all these creators I respect so much are creating and you know, really immerse myself in that world again. You know, and it's funny because Kristen and I laugh at ourselves after a while because we're always like, Oh, two hours. I, I don't have two hours to watch a whole movie right now, but then we'll watch two episodes of a one hour drama. You know, yeah. like you know, then, like well, in that time, we totally could have seen a movie.
1: But you so were able to watch team- two things instead of one thing, so it's like you feel like you're <laughs> accomplishing more. It's like a weird yeah. mental like thing, I think, for people. I yeah. know like, it like that for me but- sometimes.
0: But it's got to stop, all right. There's a lot of great stuff out there, and I need to actually start watching some of it. I got to start branching out too. I feel like you know, I used to see all kinds of movies for all kinds of reasons, and lately I've just become a guy who sees superhero movies. <laughs> it's like, okay, yeah, I, there's, I, you know, I felt it, that
1: too. That's why I yeah. had to get out and see the whale, and like I just recently like, yeah. like the like like the menu, like I watched that. Which, if you don't know, it's kind of like a satirical horror thriller um yeah. comedy though it's also very, actually quite funny um okay but yeah like that's like not really up my alley i don't really watch horror films or whatever but like I, yeah. I heard good buzz and i was like you know what i need to see stuff with other actors and like i need to yeah. sort of stuff because i feel like sometimes yes. i am just like regurgitating like action films and superhero films so like i read yeah. like all my rewatches recently like i re- i watched like half of john wick three like i rewatched mission <laughs> impossible three um which i don't know if i talked yeah. about it on the show did i talk about that a few weeks ago
0: I don't know. Uh, I rewatched Mission yeah, Impossible sure.
1: three. I haven't seen it since I came out, probably. Well, and that's yeah, more we did Phillips talk Game about. It. Yeah, that was yeah, that was great. Oh, yes, that was yes, so yes. good. Um, so, so good, yeah, man. like I rewatched that, and like, uh, then, yeah, then I just watched like the Marvel movies, and like I'm just like, what am I, I doing? Oh, I did. Yeah, I did one more thing. I finished Tales of the Jedi. I mentioned I watched like the first two episodes of that. It's the yeah, animated yeah, short. Yeah, yeah. I finished mm-hmm. it, and it's a uh, it's a must watch. It's a must watch really? okay. it's really good. Um, it's animated and it kind of has that uh, Clone Wars look, but like it's also kind of like a little darker, a little I, I can't explain it. But like, it looks like they kind of like matured the look up a little bit, if that makes sense. Um, okay. Mostly focuses on Dooku, like a young Count Dooku, which is really rad. Um, and uh, ah- Ahsoka uh which is like more stuff of her i think that like probably takes place uh, little some of it's a little during the clone wars period which is introduced in the actual show and then i think there's some stuff that was like later um like a little after um but yeah they're like five episodes i don't know like maybe like it's like an hour total on it's like all the episodes okay. some of them are like nine minutes 13 minutes eight minutes Really, really good, though. Really yeah. like they're really well written and they're really interesting and they give some cool backstory to some uh, characters that, you know, people really like. But we never got to, like, spend much time with on screen. Um Yeah. So, right, yeah. Well,
0: that gets added to the list. But added I got to start watching so movies lists. again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, but, and like, you know, and Just going back to, like, the types of movies, too. Like, you know, I, I got to watch something that, like, the, the, the appeal of it is the great acting. Or the appeal of it is the great writing, or the appeal of it is all oh, this director. I got to see what they've come up with now, you know, as opposed yeah. to just what's the latest chapter in this superhero saga exactly. I'm following. You know, I feel like I'm just, you know, like, okay, I get it. I'm a fanboy and I'm proud of it. I'm the co host of the fanboy podcast. I get it. <laughs> but there's a whole other world out there cinematically that I've just totally kind of like turned my back on. And I'm like legit mad at myself for it. So. Yep. I'm going to address Agreed. that in 2023, Agreed. but in terms of things I did watch, it was a bunch of one-hour dramas. It was, <laughs> so far, I watched uh, all 10 episodes, and that could have been five movies, but I watched all 10 episodes of Netflix's Dahmer show, so, uh, starring uh, Aaron Peters, and uh, really, really great. Evan Peters. You know, Evan Peters, that's what I meant. Yes. <laughs> uh, and listen, you know, it, it, it's tricky because I loved it. But it's also one of those series where I can understand why there was some backlash, because here you have this series that suddenly sort of humanizes this monster and kind of like and and especially because Evan Peters is kind of a very charismatic and magnetic sort of guy on screen. He's a very talented actor. And even when he's playing a psychopath like Jeffrey Dahmer, (laughs) you kind of can't help but like get into him a little bit and want to see and root for him. And it's kind of like a tricky thing where you're like kind of invested now in this legitimate monster serial killer. And uh, I I know there was some blowback from victims, families and stuff like that. And honestly, I kind of get it, you know, so it's like a weird thing. But like, I loved it. The writing is great. The acting is phenomenal. Uh, I learned a lot about that that whole situation that I never knew about. I only really knew the bullet points of what Dahmer had done, but this gets more into like the real details of what happened and how it happened. Sure. How he was caught and all the different times he could have been caught before and how like the subplot is how um poor the policing had been to try to stop him. Just like, you know, it was a fascinating, riveting watch. Strongly recommend Dahmer, but you are going to find yourself at times like rooting for this guy who's an absolute yeah. abhorrent human being.
1: And it's not so, like he's a character that was like written like it's yeah, not like you're rooting it's for not Dexter.
0: Dexter. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> you're rooting for like a guy who was real and like caused a lot of real trauma to people. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, weird. And
0: there's still victims to this day lamenting the deaths of their sons and brothers and, you know. So yeah, it's it, it's it's a tricky, it's a tricky thing, but apparently too, Netflix is like doubling down on it. You know, they, they they've asked Ryan Murphy now to continue with this series, and I don't think that you know I think they're gonna do another one of these like anthology series because first of all, right. the, the title is very clunky, but the title it says Dahmer Monster Semicolon the Jeffrey Dahmer story. So technically it's called Dahmer monster the jeffrey dahmer story it's just weird but i That's think weird. monster is the idea for the series and like every season will focus on a different like 10 episode arc on a different monster and so upset, like another is, another
1: group of people in victims exactly a different <laughs> yeah, exactly. serial killer yeah exactly and upset <laughs> a
0: different group of victims yes so uh <laughs> yeah yeah listen yeah netflix is like yeah we hear your concerns but uh money oh well money. money yeah yeah so uh, yeah, but that's, that's literally the only thing I've had, the, I've given myself the pleasure of sitting down and watching since we last uh, spoke. So uh, without further ado, I think we should dive into some of the topics we got going on this week. And we're going to kick things off with the Superman on film update for January 23, 2023. So there's been lots of interesting things that have happened since we last recorded at the end of December, but A lot of it is going to distill down to some interesting rumors that started popping up that, of course, our boy James Gunn stepped right in and uh, kind of laid down the law on what these rumors are really about. So there were some Superman casting rumors early on. They were talking about that Wolfgang Novogratz. And then uh, as of like two weeks ago, there started being some interesting murmurs of an actor named Jacob Lordy that Jacob Lordy is in the, in the discussion to be the Superman in James Gunn's upcoming Untitled Superman reboot. And this was kind of making the rounds for like 48, maybe 72 hours when somebody had the big, bright idea of tagging James Gunn in a tweet and asking, <laughs> what are your thoughts on this? And wouldn't you know it, James Gunn chimed in with his thoughts. So over on the Twitter, he said, my thoughts are no one has been cast as Superman yet. Casting, as is almost always the case with me, will happen after the script is finished or close to finished. And it isn't. We'll announce a few things in not too long, but the casting of Superman won't be one of them. So let's kind of go through that a little bit because there's some interesting, there's, there's there's a few things about that tweet that get my attention. So first and foremost, that line there about casting as is almost always the case with me will happen after the script is finished. The case with me. Hmm. Does this sound like he's only writing the movie, Brett? Or does this sound perhaps like almost a Freudian slip? that James Gunn will be directing this upcoming reboot. Right. We were talking about that. Like we know he's writing it and there was some early quote about how like we haven't, you know, decided who's directing it yet, but uh, the way he's talking about it there, the way he's sort of taking ownership of this and saying, you know, my casting process, I don't cast people until I'm done writing. It sounds like he's a little more than the writer then, because you and I both know writers don't cast movies, period. You know. Sure. Counterpoint. Like they might make though, a suggestion.
1: Go ahead. Yeah. No, I say counterpoint though also like it could also just be like that he's the writer and he's also the head of DC Studios so he gets to still like he might not mm-hmm, be directing it, but he gets to make the call that, like, hey, maybe maybe that's, like, a, a thing. He's, like, we're not going to cast anything until scripts are finished. Maybe that's a new thing so they yeah. don't run into all these stupid announcements of things that never get made and all these weird leaks. Maybe it's just, like, hey, from now on, we're not we're going to have a finished project before we start looking for casting. So it could be that, too.
0: That's fair. But,
1: that's but fair. Yeah. But I also – it, it certainly you know, seems like noticed... he could be directing it. But he's, like yeah. – I'm just saying well, he's, like the, he's, like, the executive producer also – and the writer and the head of the studio. So I think he yeah. has a little more pull maybe when it's his project, even if he's not.
0: Perhaps, perhaps. And there is another tweet I'm going to reference later where it shows he does have a fair amount of pull, You're right, he per, per yeah. over the casting of everything. But yeah. I also, I think it's worth noting, and I think we've discussed before that like since breaking out, since becoming household name, James Gunn, mm-hmm. pretty much anything he writes, he directs, you know, all of that, like mm-hmm. writing for someone else okay. seemed to stop as soon as the guardians movies came out and he became james gunn you know he when he wrote for that scooby-doo sequel you know that he wasn't james gunn yet when he wrote uh, dawn of the dead he wasn't james gunn yet you know for Zack snyder to direct that one you know so ever since he's broken out he directs everything he writes so i still think the safe bet the safe assumption is that he's going to end up directing the superman reboot but then going back to the quote too is just the status of the script so that we can kind of get like, you know, a little realistic sense of where we're at here. He says, you know, the casting will happen after the script is finished or close to finished. And it isn't. So that right there is an admission that like this thing by his standards is not even close to done yet. So any hopes that like maybe they'll start filming this year It's probably unlikely. You know what I mean? If the script isn't even close to done yet, you know, it's going to take some time before they get that final draft. It's going to take some time to get into casting and designing and building sets and doing all that. So that means that like, you know, optimistically they're filming in 2024 for a 2025 release. So Superman fans just kind of keep that in the back of your minds. If the script is still not even close to finished, you know, we still have a bit of a weight ahead of us here.
1: Yeah. I don't it think it's out of the it. question, though, that that we we find out who will be playing Superman by the end of this year.
0: Oh, no, I think that's I think that's like totally they could the finish
1: the script in the yeah. next six months and then go into casting and, and start working Kong out. all the something. Yeah. And then yeah. like, yeah. Or when they have like DC fi- is fandom usually in the summer or like a little later in the year.
0: Well, I think Sometimes, they said like the, yeah. th- there are plans for more fandoms, and 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 fans are like clamoring for Gunn to like keep that, make it part of the annual yeah. ritual. But I think the last thing that was said about fandom is that they're kind of done with that. That that was a thing they did for two years for right. COVID, that little virtual, basically you know, uh, public relations thing that they would sure. put out there. But now. You know, it doesn't sound like we can expect the San Diego Comic-Con,
1: there's New York Comic-Con, right? So one of those will probably get like a, like a, I mean, I like
0: your timeline though. If Like six months would be like, you know, at the end of July would be perfect at one of those big hall H DC panels and you bring out, here's the new Clark Kent, you know, like that would be pretty amazing. Um, but, yeah, so in terms of this Jacob Alordi rumor, if you heard about it, you can forget about it for now. If you heard about the Wolfgang Novogratz stuff, once again, just stick a pin in all that because, according to Gunn himself, they have not entered the casting stage of anything yet. So we all have to kind of hold our horses and be patient and see what happens there. Um, then, a couple days later, There was a little more stuff about casting and the process of casting where James Gunn once again had to take to the Twitter and kind of reveal where things stand. Because, you see, there had been a little there had been in an interview or something where he was talking about his Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 cast, whatever, his Guardians of the Galaxy cast. And uh, he was asked, do you think you're going to be working with any of them again? And he said that he plans on working with all of them again in some basis. And a lot of people took that to mean that a lot of them are going to migrate over to DC studios because James Gunn is going to be pretty busy with DC projects these next 10 years. So if he plans on working with these people again, it's probably going to be in DC movies. So there started being a lot of like, of course, there's a backlash for everything nowadays. Yeah. People are like, oh, now you're going to bring your friends over and you're canceling Henry Cavill and you're getting rid of the the, the mainstays of DCU and you're just going to bring your buddies from Guardians over. And like, I saw a lot of those stupid takes floating around yeah, for a while. I was just too. hoping he would show up, and he did. So here's what he had to say about that. He said, we have hundreds of roles to cast, as I've always done. Some will be brand new faces. Some will be actors I've worked with before. And some will be actors you know, you know who I've never worked with. What matters most is the actor fits the role and they're easy to work with. Boom. I mean, pretty straightforward there. But let's kind of unpack that one a little bit, though, too. It's interesting that he says we have hundreds <laughs> of roles to cast because, like, Say what you will, but like, let's look at the other the other cinematic universe in town. Are there even a hundred characters in the MCU? If you were to add them right. all up, you know what I mean? Like, there's maybe you know, I don't know, fifty or sixty Marvel characters across all these movies. You know, maybe uh, you have some supporting, but the fact that he says we have hundreds, you know, makes me go to that that thing he's referenced several times of telling the biggest story ever told. You know, this means that like he's mapping out something that's pretty damn vast. We already know it's movies, it's TV shows, it's animation, but it's just interesting that he opens with that. We have hundreds, multiple hundreds of roles to cast. And then, um, you know, the thing about mixing in new faces with old faces and people who we know that he's never worked with, um, you Know, listen, a lot of directors have their favorites. A lot of directors have actors that they bring with them to multiple projects. Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure I, I heard Ray Fisher is going to be in Rebel Moon that Zack Snyder's doing over at Netflix. Yeah. And you know, I mean, th- there's lots of examples I could point to, but there's lots of directors who bring their people who are a pleasure to work with.
1: How about and who Wes they Anderson? Tell more
0: stories with <laughs> in well, like don't every, every even, Wes yeah. Anderson
1: film, he's got like yeah, there's like. Yeah. so many actors that have like been in two or three of his films like repeat. Yeah, the
0: Wes Anderson repertory company, you can just call him at this point. Yeah, basically. Well, yeah. So uh so yeah, I mean, do you have any uh thoughts on that, you know, on 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 what he's saying here about the casting process? Are you concerned about him making Chris Pratt Superman? No, that's <laughs> not going to happen.
1: Um I actually I someone said some Someone was joking around. I, th- I think Mike Thomas was joking around and he said, like, there's the next Batman guys like joking around because Chris Pratt's like casting and everything. And I, but I said, like, <laughs> legit, I was like, actually, I could see them going for him for like green, like green arrow. Cause oh, He could totally do an Oliver Queen. Like, he could just come yeah, right over yeah, and do yeah, Oliver yeah. Queen. He kind of was like perfect for it. Um, so I don't know, but like, uh, I'm sure everyone's like groaning right now,
0: but yeah, <laughs> yeah and,
1: like, including me. I'm like, eh. yeah, no, I don't need to see that, but he's like, his quote is like, <laughs> I'm glad he addressed it, but like the quote is totally just like, I'm gonna fucking do whatever I want. <laughs> like, <laughs> guess what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna cast a wide net and I'm gonna make a choice. But just so you know, here's the three pools I'm pulling from people I know, people I don't know which is basically everyone. (laughs) (laughs) He said everything and nothing all at once. (laughs) And the fact that he even had to say that is just ridiculous. Like literally he basically just said like, I'm going to pick a person. There's going to be a person in here. Like, cool. That's, that's all I said. But I I think also like, because some people like,
0: don't get it. Yeah. But one of those pools, that last one, when he says, and some will be actors, you know, who I've never worked with. I think that's referring to some DCEU holdovers like Jason Momoa and some of these other folks who may show up in new roles, you know. So, yeah, and that's going to be interesting, too. I know that is a big, you know, point of contention amongst some fans online. They, you know, especially with pulling the rug out of out from under Henry Cavill. There's this feeling that, like, if you're going to chuck Cavill, you got to chuck everybody. You know, so if you're going to have some people stay, then there's really, you know, it's hard to justify, you know, axing others and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, it's hard hard to justify
1: for who? Hard to justify for (laughs) who?
0: Yeah, I don't. For the people
1: that are for the people that are angry about it, like you know what I mean. It's not hard to justify.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, first of all, we still don't know what exactly he's going to do. Yeah, we're going to get into that later. Some potential ways that he may be bridging us to the DCU from the DCEU, but like we still don't know what this story is, how he plans on starting this new leg of things. We know close to nothing. So judging. The who stays and who goes stuff to me is a little silly, but we are going to get into some interesting rumors right now involving a certain actor who is known for a current DC role who may be transitioning into another. And that is none other than Mr. Jason Momoa, because Jason Momoa was recently spotted shrieking with delight outside of Warner Brothers. Actually, first within the office with some security guards and then walking out and screaming in the parking lot. And uh, we're going to do something that we've never done here before. We're actually going to play that clip for you. We're going to play the audio for those of you who are listening. And for those of you who are watching, you're going to get to see Mr. Momoa. Uh, So here we go. Here's what he said a couple days ago.
1: The four cheep? years, four years ago, I had the, the Jeep out front. Yeah, yeah. No, no, I want you. I four years ago. I was screaming, wasn't yeah, I? Yeah, Screaming yeah. when yeah. I left Warner Brothers. Right? Yeah, Everyone's in the meeting. Yeah. Four years again. It's a mystery, baby. We got, uh, I got some really good news. Great news mm-hmm. with Warner Brothers. Amazing. Um, wish I could tell you, but here it is. Peter, I love you. James, I love you. David, okay, Mm. to the future, to the future. Baby! Picture me rolling. (laughs) 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 So uh,
0: there you go. He seems very excited about something right now. And, of course, that clip got everybody talking. There were the people pissed off who felt like how could he be saying, I love you to Peter and I love you to James. and I love you to David. He's he's stabbing Zack Snyder and the verse in the back. And how could he be excited for what they're doing and blah, 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 yeah. blah. You know, there's the people who are pissed about that. But then there's also like, This opened up a lot of speculation about what is his future. Is is he does this mean that he's leaving Aquaman and becoming Lobo? Because we know that's something he's spoken of recently, you know, and you know, there was all kinds of interesting stuff that came out of that. But then he, in a other interview, sort of following up on things, kind of like muddied the waters a little further. Yeah, this was interesting. (laughs) Yeah. So in an interview, um, uh, not that one, just, yet. Yeah, hey, I'm trying to pull up the right quote here. Yes, he said, I'll always be Aquaman. Ain't anyone coming in there and taking shit. There might be some other characters, too. I can play other things, too. I can be funny and savage and charming. <laughs> uh, yeah, so this makes it seem like he's trying to imply that he's going to stay on as Aquaman, but also play another dc character a lot of people are assuming lobo since that is you know that's the big running rumor but uh yeah i mean what do you make of this like how how, you know momoa kind of just shrieking with delight and uh implying this big exciting future that he's so grateful to peter and james for where he might be playing two characters
1: how does all that hit you brett yeah i mean it's interesting i i'm like here's my thought because like It just seems kind of weird to have him play two characters. Like, there's so many other actors out there. Like, can't you just get somebody else to play it? But I'm wondering if, you know, maybe like Aquaman's not going to be in this first wave of, you know, new DC stuff, or maybe not going to be in this version of iteration of the Justice League. So, like, effectively, like, there just isn't going to be a new Aquaman or new Aquaman movie anytime soon. So, Momoa can just still say no one's being Aquaman, no one's taking shit, I'm still Aquaman, because there is no replacement, but he gets to go be Lobo for, like, the next, like, six, seven years for, like, a couple of movies or whatever he's gonna be, you know, and then they can maybe later on introduce a new Aquaman or maybe he comes back and returns to the role at that point, he'll probably be a lot older, so, like, I I think there might be some interesting stuff there where it's just, like, Aquaman's not showing up anytime soon in this new iteration of the DCU, so he can just kind of say that, and it's not a lie. It's true. You know, like, no one's meeting me on like Aquaman. It's still me. But then do something else. So that's kind of where I'm leaning with it. I do think it's, like, stupid having played two characters just because, like, cast another person. Like, there's so many struggling yeah. actors out there.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Including us. But, yeah. um, no. Uh, So, yeah, in, in terms of I I don't think there's any way he plays the two. In fact, that line about I'll always be Aquaman, it totally gives me vibes of like Ben Affleck reaffirming that he's staying on as Batman in the months leading up to Justice League, knowing he's done with this. You know, it's just, you got to say that, or why would anyone go see the movie? You know, so yeah, I feel like. It's more of like in, in, in an emotional sense. I'll always be Aquaman. You know, he, he was yeah. the first live action Aquaman in a movie. And I think you're right. The, the, there's a very good likelihood that maybe Aquaman, that character, is just not factored in to this first wave of DCU movies. So it's not like they're going to recast it and bring in a new one anytime soon, if ever for now. So it seems like, yeah, for now, they're, they're going to stick a pin in the Aquaman thing. I'll always be Aquaman. You'll always be near and dear to me. But they're going to transition him into a new role. You know, that's what that's what I make out of that. And I think it's interesting, too, just that little bit there about playing. You know, I can play other things, too. I can be funny and savage and charming. I mean, that all sounds like ways you would describe Lobo, you know. Uh, <laughs> so that's why I think he really is just... He, they're going to find some sort of interesting way, creatively speaking, to transition him from one character to another. I do not see him playing both roles. I think that's, I think that's a little
1: crazy. Um, also, just want to throw out real quick that because he said. Funny and savage and charming, which uh, Momo, I know what you're going to say, but let's yeah. not forget Vandal Savage, who like is yeah. like a big imposing dude and sometimes looks like Momoa in the comics with the way he's like kind of drawn. Like That's he, true. So they could be doing it is true that. Um, you know, it, I mean, cool. it's
0: fascinating because, again, all of this at the end of the day, whether he's playing both concurrently for a while or whatever, uh, it confirms that he's sticking around. Right. He's definitely staying on as DC. And it just goes to show you that whatever it is that Gunn is cooking up for his biggest story ever told, you know, it's it's going to involve the previous characters in some way into the new story. You know, either the, the previous yeah. characters or the previous actors. This is not just going to be like a hard reboot where, like, shortly after Aquaman 2 comes out, we just decide, okay, everyone, forget about the previous movies, forget about the Flash, forget about everything. Now we're starting completely from scratch. No, this tells me that Gunn is going to find a way to, in-story, in-canon, transition us into this new story. You know? So... I'm very, I am so intrigued by how he might do that. I floated a theory out there on Twitter uh, yesterday about maybe he's going to bring on DC's version of The Watcher because there's his character named Metron who's very similar to The Watcher where, you know, he has the same thing where he's kind of, he oversees the whole multiverse. And I think it'd be interesting if like Gunn in these months that he has to tweak the upcoming DC movies coming up finds a way to in the post credits bring metron into play like somebody's watching and preparing for some crazy situation that's coming and that's how we're going to eventually transition into the next you know the beginning of this new saga that he's going to be kicking off you know um But speaking of Momoa and the stuff where he keeps referencing that four years ago he was shrieking with delight outside of the Warner Brothers offices then, me being me, I went and did a little research on that. I looked up Jason Momoa screaming at Warner Brothers in 2019, and wouldn't you know it, I found it. In mid-February of 2019, there's a video clip of Momoa shrieking with delight outside of Warner Brothers' offices. Basically, once again saying, I wish I could tell you what it is. It's a mystery, but I love you, Warner Brothers. And at the time, I remember a lot of people thought, ooh, he had just gotten word that the the Snyder Cut was going to be released. Because that was still, you know, in 2019, it was still like... The big campaign, the release, the Snyder cut thing was still going on. And he had already made some comments about wanting Snyder, Zach's cut of the film to be released and this and that. So with him leaving the offices, being on cloud nine, I remember the initial buzz was maybe he got word that they're going to do it. And then we know that that's not what happened. You know, that, that didn't end up coming to fruition until the end of 2019, shortly after the two-year anniversary uh, of the theatrical cut of Justice League. That's when Zack Snyder got the call from, from Toby Emmerich and the studio going, OK, let's see if maybe we can come up with something. So that means that in February, he was shrieking with delight about something else. And I think I figured out what it is. Because February 2019 is only two months after Aquaman came out. The billion dollar making Aquaman, okay? And I think what happened was he went in and made his pitch so that he could co-write the sequel. He had a very distinctive, creative direction he wanted to take it. And I think what he was excited about and what he was grateful for was that Warner Brothers took his pitch, And the reason I think this is because in a recent interview, he kind of revealed that he had he co-wrote Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. And he talks a little bit about what the story is going to be. So I'm going to give you this quote here and uh, about this Aquaman movie that he's been allowed to co-write. He says, it's really a journey with the brothers. Patrick Wilson is phenomenal. And there's just a lot of themes that are going on in it. What I wanted to do was not have some alien force that's trying to attack us. It's not going to be something that's from an outer world. It's all about what we're doing to our planet. And we're expediting what's going what's to happen when you melt the caps. It's our future. You're seeing it right now. So he's going to y- use this Aquaman landscape to tell a story about the way humans are destroying the Earth. And to try to kind of like, you know, uh, a pro green pro, you know, like ending pollution and just trying to be better to our mother earth. And uh, honestly, I get Christopher Reeve vibes with that because, you know, in Superman four, the quest for peace, he, you know, he was very adamant If I'm going to come back for a fourth Superman movie. I want it to be about something. I want it. Yeah. I want there to be a message for this. And at the time, you know, America was still in the throes of the Cold War with Russia and there was threats of nuclear war and there was all this stuff. And that's why Reeve was really serious about making the movie kind of like a metaphor for ending nuclear power and trying to bring peace and, and stop all this hostility where it looks like the planet wants to freaking blow itself up over nonsense. Um, so Momoa trying to go that route with Aquaman too, that speaks totally to me, you know, cause the big sap that I am, I've always felt that these movies, the way that they could service something higher than just, Oh, that looked cool. Oh, look at this fun action. And look at these neat heroes doing this comic book imagery, the way that these movies can be something bigger and something greater is here are movies about heroes, right? Well, these movies should now inspire you to be a hero in real life. They should inspire you to want to do better and be better. You know, so Aquaman 2 having some sort of aspiration for putting a message out there that, hey, folks, we have to look at the way we're doing things because right now we are on a collision course towards destroying the planet we live on and making it uninhabitable for our descendants. Okay, so... I just wanted to put that out there because I think that's, that's what he was excited about in in February of 2019, because now basking in the success of Aquaman, he as the star was able to walk into that office with the clout to now get, you know, co-writing duties on the sequel, you know, and that's something you can do when your movie makes a billion. And now you're, you're the face of this very successful franchise, you know? Um, And by the way, and this brings me back to like that period, you know, talking about Mm -hmm. actually before I switch, you know, do you have any thoughts on, on, you know, the, his sort of the, the, the moral of the story he wants from this Aquaman sequel?
1: No, I think that's cool. It sounds like a little more like contained than some of the other stuff that we've seen. And it's a more focused Um, little Captain Planet. You know, sounds like a really great pitch for a Captain Planet movie, but um, (laughs) yeah, I'm still waiting for. Uh, But yeah, no, like it's it's interesting, and I I like smaller stories, and like yeah, like you said, like something that has like a message, because then it can be, it sometimes can like be viewed. As something other than just like you know another comic book flick you know it gives it a little more like prestige so yeah that's cool if they could pull it off and hey listen i like patrick wilson's that'd be cool if we get to see more of him i loved him as orm he was like you know scenery chewing (laughs) a little bit hammy in the first one but i think uh it might be fun to have them playing off each other for a longer period in the movie
0: absolutely and it is interesting too yeah because at the end of the first one you know he was taken off in cuffs he was basically you know it looked like we were done with him for a little while but it seems like he is going to be integral to this sequel and I'm all for it but uh yeah now mentally going back to that headspace of February of 2019 and the success of Aquaman and the fact that Aquaman was this huge success for DC, even despite the fact that everything that character had been involved with previous hadn't gone well. Remember, he had been introduced in the polarizing Batman versus Superman with which, you know, a lot of audiences were put off by and the critics rejected. And it ended up being like this whole course correction movie for all of DC on film that we're still recuperating from. And then, you know, he was in the Justice League theatrical, which like 17 people went to go see. And yet his solo movie made a billion. It was a huge, you know, it it was a huge message that like these characters are still viable, that with a fresh coat of paint, with some fresh creative voices behind them, the characters that had been introduced in the early DCEU movies could still be, you know, mega hit successful characters and franchises. And at the time I remember talking about like the Aquaman effect, You know, because here we are, you know, we knew Aquaman was going to get a sequel. We knew that Wonder Woman was going to get a sequel. So at that time, that's when I was saying that the Aquaman effect could be what saves Henry Cavill and brings us to a man of steel, too. And thinking about that makes me want to go back to this idea of like at the end of the day, when people are mad about what happened recently with Henry Cavill coming back and the being teased with a potential Man of Steel 2 only to have that evaporate. At the end of the day, the, the, the blame for the reason we never got that Man of Steel 2 really falls on the shoulders of Walter Hamada. It really falls on the shoulders of the previous administration. Because if in the aftermath of Aquaman, if they could have struck with, the, with a hot iron right then and announced a Man of Steel 2 with like Christopher McQuarrie, who was basically campaigning for it, directing, we could have gotten a Man of Steel 2 possibly in 2020. And we could, we, we could now be on our third or fourth Henry Cavill Superman movie coming down the pike. You know, And I feel like that was the big missed opportunity. That's when it would have made sense to pull the trigger on giving us a Man of Steel with a new creative driving force behind it, because it worked great for Aquaman and Wonder Woman had done great kind of on its own with Patty Jenkins and Jeff Johns doing a lot of the creative pull on that movie. So these characters could still be huge with a fresh coat of paint on them. So I just I once again go back to that aftermath of Aquaman like that would have been the time for Henry Cavill to come back as Man of Steel 2. But Walter Hamada really just kind of, you know, didn't want it, screwed that up. And by the time we get to what just happened with Black Adam, it really was kind of, you know, as excited as I was, it really was going to be kind of a perplexing creative decision because realistically – He was just brought back in 2022. They weren't going to get to film anything. They were still taking pitches. They would not have even have selected a direction by now yet. They could not have filmed it until later 2023, maybe early 2024. Wouldn't have come out till 2025, 12 years after Man of Steel, with a Superman who's already had all these ups and downs and roller coasters and baggage. So honestly, this whole, you know, I know we're pissed. A lot of people are still pissed at gun, but Walter Hamada and the previous brain trust at DC are the ones to blame. And the time when they could have gotten this realistically was in the aftermath of Aquaman. If you announce a kick-ass new Superman movie with Henry Cavill and a new writer and director, we could have had MOS two in 2020 and it'd be a whole
1: other ballgame.
0: But I just wanted to, Share that little rant there with you. Do you have any <laughs> thoughts on that?
1: No, I. I mean, I agree with you. I mean, that that's right. that the truth of the matter. And uh, could have we could have been in a very different situation now. I think that was like that was probably like where they went wrong. That was it. It was like right yep. there.
0: That would have been the time. That would have been the time. But also, while we're on the subject of Momoa, he's been in a lot of headlines lately. He also yep. confirmed what we've been talking about last year: these interesting reports of. There being a cameo he shot with Ben Affleck's Batman and a cameo he shot with Michael Keaton's Batman. And if you recall, apparently he had shot the Michael Keaton one first. And when they tested it, audiences were very confused. And it's because The Flash hasn't come out yet. And at at, at a certain point, you know, the, the, the release... The release dates and stuff have shifted around, but they, you know, originally there was going to be a time. Well, actually, I think we're back at that now where the flash was going to happen and then Aquaman. So Michael Keaton being there would have made sense, but then they kind of shifted things around where it looked like it would, might come out before the flash. So then they may, then they had Ben Affleck come and film a cameo. And then they decided, no, we're going. It's just, it's everything is kind of, you know, yeah. bizarre over there with all the different changes. I mean, this Flash movie has gone through so many trials and tribulations on its way to the big screen. It's crazy. But Momoa confirmed that he shot with both. Affleck and Keaton at different times. And he says, he still doesn't know which one is going to be the one that makes the cut (laughs) because everything that's going on right now, you know, he knows that Gunn and Saffron are still figuring out their, you know, how they're going to go about everything and which cameos, you know, who they want to stick around and who they don't want to stick around. So, uh, he just kind of threw his hands up in the air on that. Like, I still don't know. But yes, I shot cameos with two different Batmen for Aquaman 2. And of course, some people are like, you know, oh, things are such a mess over there. How can the star of the movie not even know what they're going to do with the cameos? And it's like that's stuff that's honestly above his pay grade. And it doesn't yeah. really affect the story of the movie either way. It looks like there's a scene where Arthur Curry speaks to Bruce Wayne. That's all we need to know about, and they're going to go with the Bruce Wayne that fits the fits where they're going the most. This is not some evidence that, oh, it's a studio in disarray, and they don't know what the hell they're doing. They're so clueless. It's like everyone's just looking for a reason to just – Bag on James Gunn yeah. because there's a lot of people who are still pissed that the Snyderverse looks like it's officially uh, dead and buried and in the rearview mirror now. Um, so, anywho, moving on, this is we are, you know, I mentioned the Flash and everything going on with that. Yeah. You know, we've been hearing for a while that the movie is testing wonderfully, but Variety recently put out a report that goes into a little more detail about that. Basically talking about how studio insiders have not been this excited for, I I have got the quote here for you. So why should I paraphrase? Why should I do it? <laughs> um, so here we go. So here's a here's one, a couple of interesting quotes from Variety. Uh, they characterize things. They say director Andy Muschietti is hot off of the it movies. Michael Keaton and Ben Affleck are returning as Batman and the plot hinges on time travel and multiverses, two of the hottest things going in superhero <laughs> storytelling. Studio insiders haven't been this excited for Warner Brothers for a Warner Brothers superhero movie since the Dark Knight movies. In fact, almost everything about The Flash points to a massive summer sensation. Almost. (laughs) So, uh, I don't know what that last almost is. Yeah, maybe it's just because you know, all of the everything being kind of in limbo, I guess, makes it kind of questionable too. Like, are fans gonna like flock to these movies when they think? James Gunn is about to wave a magic wand and make everything go away, you know, but, uh, but just going to that quote though, you know, uh, they haven't been this excited for a DC superhero movie since the dark Knight movies. Um, I gotta be honest. I can't put too much stock in what the studio insiders get excited about and don't, you know, because in recent years, I remember hearing all they gave Batman versus Superman, a standing ovation. Uh, I also heard that they were very worried about Wonder Woman. They thought Wonder Woman was going to go over like a fart in church. I mean, Wonder Woman was hands down the best of the first wave of DCEU movies. So, you know, these studio insiders don't always have the best idea for what's going to work and what isn't. Sometimes they're just thinking about dollar signs and how many happy meals this is going to sell. They're not really worried about it being a good movie.
1: You know? Also, that line in there is like nauseating. It's like it's got two of the hottest things yeah. going on in superhero storytelling: time travel and multiverses. And it's like that sounds like such a studio. And they were like, Marvel did a time travel and a multiverse, and that's hot because those movies made money. Yeah. So it's like, but like that makes me nervous that like they're so excited, like just because the movie has time travel and multiverses. Yeah, like it includes these
0: elements. Yeah, so must be good. We're excited about elements.
1: it. Everyone, I mean, that's, that's exactly more or less what, what Everyone loves.
0: <laughs> that's more or less what happened with Batman versus Superman: Dawn of Justice, right? They're like, we're going to put Dawn of Justice in the title, which is going to let people know we're making Justice League next. And you know, right now, people are really big on superhero team-up movies, and uh, and if it includes all these characters and cameos, people love yeah. all these characters and cameos. It's like again, they're making the movie trying to like just if we throw enough profitable elements into it it'll hit but like people love batman and people love
1: superman (laughs) like yeah what if it was called batman v superman they're both names in the title oh money maker (laughs) (laughs) and then it prints money so
0: uh so yeah so and, and on top of that too like you know they haven't been this excited since the dark knight movies like that's we gotta get past using the Dark Knight movies as like the end all, be all. Yeah, we
1: can't. Point. We can't just rest on those, those laurels, okay, can we? <laughs> you know,
0: they've made some good movies since everybody, and yeah. uh, you know, I just we gotta just leave those movies from thirteen years ago, thirteen year, fourteen years ago now. At this point, we gotta leave them in the re- Actually, let's see. When did Dark Knight Rises come out? That might have been uh, uh, that might have been twenty. That have been al- twenty eleven. 11,
1: I think it was Dark 11. Knight was 20, way, 2008. Yeah, so yeah,
0: it's been a long time. Let's stop comparing things to the Dark Knight trilogy. Which, by the way, my big scorching hot take is I don't think they've aged well. I cannot listen to Christian Bale's Batman voice without groaning these days. It really like at the time I remember like talking myself into it oh no, this is good. Yeah, you know, he he's disguising his voice because he doesn't want people to know that you know there's the Batman voice and then there's his Bruce <laughs> Wayne voice and then, but then that you was exactly hear me. It is, yeah, and then you go and you hear it. Is like,
1: it's just yeah. I don't know, man. I just saw a clip I, the other day, like from uh, Batman Begins, that like I haven't seen in a while, and he was like, it's that who I am underneath? <laughs> what are you that defends me?" And I was like, "You sound like a goblin creature." <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's it's really weird, bad. and then it gets it's worse really each bad. movie. Each movie gets worse and worse. But by by, by yes. Dark Knight Rises. It's com- like Batman Begins was like the most bearable. <laughs> then it got really growly in the second one, in Dark Knight, and then Dark Knight Rises. He just mumble jumbles. It's just just growling. It's crazy.
0: I have this theory about the Dark Knight trilogy. While well, we're going down this hot take route that I wasn't planning on doing, but I feel like guys in our generation and older a lot of a lot of uh grown ass dc fans loved those movies more than anything because it like legitimized our fandom like since they were more yeah. grown up and they had these prestigious casts and they were handled seriously it yeah. suddenly let guys in their 30s and 40s go see it's cool to like batman <laughs> up to that point it was like dude you you still watch superhero stuff. You know what I mean? Like the Dark Knight trilogy really helped like make those movies sort of prestigious. You know, Nolan brought such class to those productions that I think a lot of grown ass men were like, oh no, this is the most amazing thing ever, because now I could actually, you know, I, I can say I'm a Batman fan and not feel like a total nerd and have people look at me. You know, this, you know, but like if you remove that novelty of a prestigious, seriously handled Batman trilogy and just go back through it. First of all, I still say Batman Begins is my favorite of the three. And second of all, Christian Bale's Batman voice just, it damn near ruins the experience for me. I can't, you know, so. Yeah, here's hoping that The Flash is not only uh, lives up to the hype, but let's us l- l- let's have The Flash be the new movie we can com- we can base all DC films on moving forward. I would th- I think that would be great after all this hype about hearing how great it tested and all this and that. I hope it really is unbelievable and amazing and becomes the next thing where that now oh, this is the best DC movie since The Flash. That would be great. You know, I yeah. would like, like let's make it the new benchmark. I'm really hoping it is, you know, I I'm pulling for that movie. Uh, you know, I wish it was still coming out on my freaking birthday, but they had to move it to a week earlier. Uh, it was going to come it. out. On 23rd. They ruined everything. I tell you, but, uh, you know, it's nice to hear that people are excited about the flash. But when I hear that it's studio insiders, I just think about some of the stuff they've been excited about and worried about. And I'm like, yeah, I can't go by you. Um, But we're going to have to, you know, we're going to have some opinions about things we're excited about shortly because James Gunn had said that he's making an announcement in January about the first few films in his DCU being announced. Yes. And uh, I don't know if you noticed, but. As of the dropping of this episode, I said dropping, uh, <laughs> January 23rd, we are in the last eight days of January. And unless That's he's right. planning on being a total douche and waiting for Monday, January 31st, uh, I think that means this is the week, Brett. Yep. So, you know, this week we might, you know, we're going to get our first sort of clear vision for where DC is going after Aquaman 2. Um... Right, because I think, I think Aquaman 2 is the current last release we have from DC. I think Blue Beetle comes out. I see.
1: When does Blue Beetle come out? I'm going to look yeah. that up
0: while I'm talking to you here. So you can vamp for me, tell a story, juggle or something.
1: Yeah, well, so what's interesting is uh, while you're looking for that, what do you think? james gunn is going to like really reveal at this is maybe just like here's the first like three movies that we're going to be producing and releasing for it or do you think he's going to give a casting of any kind or do you think like he'll even go as far as to say like like give us a hint at like what the story is going to be like what if he's like straight up like we're going to tell a modified version of crisis on oh, wow. I don't know like it would yeah. be like yeah 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 that. no yeah crazy either, but says like this is we're gonna do this but like in our own way but like that's what we're leading yeah. up to and gives us like I that mean drop. it would be so,
0: amazing like, if he actually yeah. gave us like the idea of the arc he wants to tell but at the same time like I doubt he wants to sort of like spoil it. You know, he probably wants the stories to like build that intrigue of like, hmm, is this heading towards what I think it is? You know Uh, what I think it's mainly going to be is we're probably going to find out about maybe three movies. If I'm guessing he's going to give us like the first three. And I don't think we'll get casting, but I think maybe we'll hear about a director or two. You know what I mean? I think like that. Could oh, start creative to teams buzz or something. Right maybe. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Like right now, we've got Green Lantern coming from Christopher Macquarie and whatever, and we've got such and such coming from whatever. Like, I feel like that would be enough to cause buzz. Give us like three movies and the people who you've handed them off to create. You know. Um, And in terms of what they might be like, you know, I have a poll going on the Twitter. I'm going to I'm going to look up the results while we talk. But do you have any like hopes? I I feel like the Superman one is seems to be a no brainer that that's going to be one of the
1: things he announces. But.
0: Are, is there well, anything he, beyond that? He said there's not like going to be any
1: casting, for. right? So, yeah. but he could still announce the Superman movie that that's going to be yeah. one of the first ones that comes out. That's what I think. I think yeah. I think I think it's necessary for him to say like one of the first like three films will be a Superman film. I think it's important to like set that stage. You've been talking so much about Superman, you know, and how important he is. So I think you're probably right. Superman I think is a no brainer. I de- I'm going to say like I definitely don't think there will be a Batman announcement of any kind. I agree. Um. And then, yeah, I'm thinking – I'm thinking – so what's uh, – I forgot what the, uh, the latest update is. The Green Lantern HBO series, is that thing still a thing technically or is it going to be a movie yeah, now so or do we that's, know? What's that?
0: That's something that we've uh, – that, that that's happened since we last spoke where there had been reports that it got canceled, the HBO Max Green Lantern core series. But then Gunn came out and said that that's not true so green lantern core may still have a series but i think i think i think i know where you're going with this though we're like you think if the series is coming that we won't get a movie but i beg to differ he's already said that the movies and the tv shows are going to work together so i think we could have a green lantern core movie but that'll come after a green lantern movie kind of like how the batman gets us into the gotham pd and the penguin right i say what you were going to say though but what i was just going to say was out the other
1: yeah i wasn't going to go down that route i was just going to say that i think one of the announcements will be a green lantern announcement yes okay i think it's going to be a superman announcement a green lantern announcement and um i feel like who else would they throw in there? Like we got to have and screw like screw
0: like religion. I mean, screw like realistic possibilities. Is there just like a dream one that you'd love for them to do?
1: Oh, you know, like, something um, that you
0: hope he pulls out of his ass and you go, yes. Ah, uh, that's
1: a real tough one.
0: Well, while you think of that, I'm going to reveal my Twitter poll results. Your poll. Green Lantern is running away with it. I gave four options. I mentioned Green Lantern, uh, Wonder Woman 3, because that was talked about recently. And according to Gunn himself, it's not not off the table. It just has to be creatively overhauled because Patty Jenkins' script didn't fit into what he's saying. So there still could be a Wonder Woman 3. So I put Green Lantern, Wonder Woman 3 batman beyond and uh i don't even remember the first one because i put the freaking thing away because uh i'm a loser but the <laughs> the one that running away with it is green lantern which i'm pretty sure i voted for green lantern. <laughs> the vote. yeah green lantern is 67 percent. batman beyond in second place oh and i put booster gold because i know that Gunn has a, you know, he likes to go towards some of like the deeper lore comic book characters. And Blue Beetle and Booster Gold do have, you know, they have a noted relationship. So with Blue Beetle getting introduced, maybe Booster Gold would be a a way to go. And it's one of the quirkier, interesting, offbeat characters I could see Gunn wanting to pull out, or even like a plastic man or something like that. But for right now, the big buzz is everyone seems to want a Green Lantern movie.
1: Yeah. so that's your vote so yeah so like uh, you know so uh, yeah i'm actually green Lantern's is probably at the top of my list so i was gonna say like yeah superman announcement a green lantern announcement and i i think yeah green lantern i think would be really really cool i'm not like a diehard like green lantern fan but i think he's a cool character and i'd like to see that like done properly um honestly yeah. if you ask me like my over the moon thing this would be kind of weird depending what they're gonna end up doing with the uh, a batman in this universe but like i want a nightwing movie like i like nightwing mm. So, but that would yeah. imply that we have yeah. to have an older Batman because Nightwing yep. is, you know, older at that point. He's in his twenties. So, um, so that, that would another thing. But well, for my third, for what I think the third announcement will be, I do think they will put probably like a really well, a really big requested female character in there too. I don't think they're going to announce three male character movies, just kind of putting it out That's there. True. Um, and I think one of the big ones I see all the time is Zatanna. I think a I lot of people were want to say see Zatanna. The... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think it's yeah. going to, and, and also like, she's a little like off the beaten path, which again yeah. is up James yeah. Gonzalez. So I think you see like, he says, we're doing a Superman movie. We're doing a Green Lantern movie, or maybe it's the show, whatever they announced first, but there's a project, a Green Lantern project, a Superman project. And I think maybe like Zatanna or something like that is the way that is. what we. I get. could get
0: behind that. I could get behind that. that. That, that checks a lot of boxes right there. Um, Yeah, for me, I'm going to go Green Lantern also. I think Superman is absolutely in there. The, uh, you know, I, I feel like he may want to get into like a Justice League Dark at some point because, you know, there's a mm-hmm. lot of buzz around that.
1: Property. Well, Zatanna, I think, I, is uh, crosses yeah. over with. It. Yeah. So, and
0: that could lead us down that path because I don't think you can go straight to Justice League Dark if you haven't established a new Justice League yet, you know? So I right. feel like you kind you can't do Justice League Dark until whatever the next Justice League movie is, so, which is hopefully in the next somewhere in the you year, know, five, six years. But, um, But now, but also I brought up Batman Beyond because if he is going to keep some of what's being, some of what's worked or some of what's already happening, you know, we do have Michael Keaton popping up in the flash and I could potentially see them keeping him around as the elder Bruce Wayne. I don't know if it fits into Gunn's idea, but the reason I think it could be interesting is. It's a great way to not compete with Matt Reeves's Batman movies. If you now have an older Bruce and the Batman that we eventually get in the DCU is perhaps like, you know, you know like a uh, Nightwing eventually becomes Batman. There've there been other Batman, yeah. you know. So, be, or obviously if they go with the Terry McGinnis route specifically yeah. for Batman Beyond. But like I wonder if he would be intrigued by that idea of keeping Keaton around but having him be mentor Bruce and introducing a new younger Batman so that there is a Batman that could be used for the Justice League. But it has nothing to do with Batson, you know, and it doesn't interfere right. with Reeves world at all, because if they introduce another Bruce Wayne, who's going to be a young in his prime Bruce Wayne. At the same time that Matt Reeves is telling his Batman stories, I think now you're 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 conflicting. You're 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 going to create some confusion yeah. in the marketplace, you know. So, uh, but anyway, so that's why I think the older ba- And even if they don't go with the Keaton route, I think the idea of bringing in. I mean, if you can get no, nah,
1: never mind. But if you can get just an old, I was gonna say, well, you're like exactly. F- 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 like, yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. But I'm like, I was no, part of me we, we thought about that too. I was like. <laughs>
1: what if he is going to come back now? Because like, yeah. he's like, Oh, it's a much better run operation, you know? And then yeah. like he, he, uh, cause like, then you could keep the older Batman. Um, yeah, yeah I, I don't know. I don't know what to do. I think, yeah, you might have to go older with Batman just to keep him differentiated. But like, yeah, I, I yeah. also can't see you like not having Batman either. So like, I don't know. Yeah. it's
0: weird. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting, but, uh, All right, we're going to move on to a non-DC topic. And it only took us an hour and 10 minutes. But um, (laughs) I want to talk to you a little bit about a man called James Cameron. (sighs) A man who I think, I mean, he's the GOAT. Tell me the man is not the greatest of all time. Hear me out, okay? This weekend, Avatar, the way of the water is like, it's sailed past $2 billion. Okay. He's the first director in history to have three, $2 billion movies. Okay. And he has three movies that in general are amongst the, in the top six movies that have ever been released in the history of movies. Okay. And this is a guy who's only made eight movies. <laughs> like yeah, it's, it's crazy. crazy. The guy doesn't miss. His 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 resume is nuts. And no, I don't count Piranha 2 on his resume. Because uh, it, it's, it's like a point of contention. One of his first directing credits was he did Piranha 2, which apparently it was like there was someone else who actually directed a lot of it. And it was just kind of a schlocky sequel to a schlocky movie. And it shouldn't really count on his record. But if you go movie by movie, it's nothing but bangers, okay? Yeah. It's Aliens, which everyone says is like one of the rare sequels that actually lives up and in certain ways surpasses its predecessor. And everyone yeah. loves Ridley Scott's Alien. But James Cameron came out of the gate, really, with Aliens. Then he gives us Terminator 1. He gives us The Abyss. I don't know if you've ever seen The Abyss with Ed Harris. It's a Abyss. awesome yeah. sci-fi flick. Really, really great sci fi movie. Then he follows it up for Terminator 2, which ne- takes the seeds he planted in Terminator 1, which was like a straight up robot stalking horror sci fi thriller, and tells this whole sci fi modern epic that to this day the effects in Terminator 2 hold up.
1: Man, that movie it's one of the best action movies world. ever made, ever. still to ever. this day. It's yeah. ever okay. So, it's the blue <laughs> aliens,
0: yeah, aliens, Terminator. The Abyss, Terminator 2. Then he follows it up with True Lies, which is one of my favorite all-time action comedies, where you have Arnold Schwarzenegger, Tom Arnold, Jamie Lee Curtis... A freaking awesome action movie with lots of great set pieces, lots of great humor, a fun sort of story and dynamic about a spy who has to keep it a secret from his family. So he purposely has to make himself seem as lame and boring as possible while he's actually James Bond at night. And all the, I mean, it true lies was an awesome time, awesome movie. So again, that's five movies straight, just awesome. And they and they were all well received. The critics loved them, fans loved them. They made bank. Then he follows that up with Titanic, which becomes the number one movie in all of Hollywood history until he tops himself 12 years later with Avatar. Okay. And then Avatar, right? I remember for these last 12, 13 years, all the conversation of how long it's taking to get these sequels. Oh, is anyone going to care about the sequel? That that was me. I did it.
1: I did it. I think
0: on this very show. Yeah. Like, oh, really? It's taking forever. No one gives a crap. And those movies were so derivative of other stories and they have no cultural relevance. Nobody's talking about avatar anymore. And Avatar two just made two billion. That is on I, its way I to not even more.
1: That's, <laughs> like, that's amazing. He doesn't like, you miss. like you and all the other weird people <laughs> that are like you have these weird blue cat people fetishes. Like you <laughs> listen, I saw Avatar. I saw it in three yes. D. It, it was like a cinematic, like cinematic as all hell. It was an incredible experience visually. It was, it was, it was, it was stunning. It was. I've said, I've said that. It was, yeah. I went there. Yeah. But I went there mostly because I was like, I need to see the visual all the melody, yeah, and all the, and all the fuss is about. You know, but like when you walked out of there, you were really like, Wow, I loved that movie. You loved the movie, I loved or you it. you thought it was like brilliantly. Shot and it was it was an incredible experience, but you loved the movie. I I
0: saw that three hour movie three times in theaters, you're a Sick okay?
1: sick person.
0: <laughs> I spent over nine hours watching. You're an avatar. You're an avatar. you avatar. I'm an avatar. I am. This you're one of those. I avatars. loved it. I love because again, I love the story. I found it emotional. I found it moving. I know it wasn't an original story. Did you do the like,
1: ride? Did you do the ride and I Kingdom did. In I Disney? did a
0: ride in Animal Kingdom and it the was one that, great. the one that
1: transported you to another world and it was yes. like a mind, a yes. total mind. mind and it it yeah. was it was amazing. It was that amazing. like that was better than the first movie. <laughs> That was listen, one of the most amazing experiences it. I've had on this earth, was that ride. I, and it was way I remember it was you good.
0: texting me about it when you came back. And I'm like, oh my God, the
1: Avatar. It back. melted my brain. But,
0: listen, I love the movie because I loved what it had to say. I loved the message of the film. The the the, the 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 Believe it or not, I don't have any trouble really with the plot being very similar to other plots. Because again, I've always kind of been of the mind that, yeah. A lot of films have plots we've seen before. It's all about the ride. It's all about how we get from A to B okay even like the yeah you know, the plot in titanic is very simple it's very you know boy the rich boy meets the rich girl and she's already you know promised to the rich man but she loves him. Like yeah it's a very typical story yeah. but i don't have an issue with that i mean i i always go to like deadpool deadpool was a very typical sort of story too and that movie yeah. was a freaking awesome ride because of the way tim miller told the story you know it's like it, plot, I think it's overrated. I think people put way too much stock in well, I've seen a story like this before. right. You've seen most stories before. there's there's like five stories, every okay? five stories
1: yeah. told over and over every movie it. is
0: like some variation of the same five stories. It's how you get there. The thing that pissed me off out of avatar, the thing that I that, that does make me roll my eyes to this day, the one where I go, James, really? like that's the, like, that, that was the best you could do was okay there is a mineral that is hard to obtain so we're going to call it unobtainium, Un-
1: unobtainium. <laughs> yeah
0: that that is the one thing I wish I could have back that and the papyrus font for the for the logo of the movie.
1: The papyrus but, skit from SNL is one of the best things ever. Yes. <laughs> but like
0: if I could change anything about Avatar it's the papyrus. No not the papyrus it's the uh it's the unobtainium it's the angle. But in terms of what it has to say about taking care of Mother Earth, what it has to say about war and capitalism, trying to destroy nature, trying to take anything that's beautiful and mine it for profit and destroy everything around it. Like I loved every I love the message of the story and all the emotional beats always landed in the third act when some of that stuff goes down, when those bastards come and kill the mother tree and they shoot the missiles and knock down. I'm sobbing in the theater, man. Like, I I don't know, just it freaking, it it speaks to me. You don't think you were sobbing because you
1: watched nine hours of (laughs) it?
0: Listen, it's not like when you saw six hours of WrestleMania and you were crying. That made me want to cry. (laughs) Yeah. No, I listen. I stand by Avatar. I thought it was a beautiful story with a beautiful message. I even love the whole the way it handles the romance where it like instead of saying I love you, they say I see you. And I think it's such a beautiful idea because when you're in a relationship with someone, you want to feel seen. And that's the most important thing. You know, you want to feel like the person understands you and sees who you are and meets you where you are. So that whole thing where, like, they say, I see – Like, I I just – I think there's a lot of beauty in that movie yeah. that gets lost because people want to go, oh, it's like Fern Golly. Like, shut the hell up, okay? It's – there's a beautiful heart to that movie.
1: Did you now, like when there's they just something- their hair?
0: <laughs> I tried replicating that. I had a ponytail back then. It didn't quite work out. But – um but listen, you know, I, I'm i so uh, – I'm just happy to – hear. I haven't seen Avatar 2, by the way. I should mention that. I think maybe I said it earlier in the show, too. It's hard to do that when you have a nine-month-old at home. You don't want to be the jerk who brings a baby to a movie theater. But it's also hard to find someone you trust with your baby for – four hours while you go see a movie, but uh, it's on the to-do list. I got it. I mean, listen, it's probably going to be in theaters a long time. Cause it's one of these freaking James yeah. Cameron movies that it's going to be running for a while. It's like, I'm not you know?
1: interested, but like also like everyone's raving about it. It made $2 billion. Now it's like, I feel like I'm not a part of the zeitgeist. So like, <laughs> I don't know, yeah. but like, I also like, I don't know when I'm going to see it because I have like no time right now. And my house is going under major construction. And then like, I have a business trip a week. And then also I have a baby coming in a month and then I'll not be seeing Yes, anyone. you do. So yeah. it's like, uh, it's crazy,
0: but uh, it hey, it's
1: crazy. Good for James Cameron. I'm real happy I mean, for you. For all your, you, your it, weird blue it, cat people lovers.
0: This has to at least put him in the conversation for being the great. No, player. he
1: has to be. I mean, if you're just going, yeah. I mean like, listen, critic, critical reception. Cause, listen, I, I hate going just by like, well, he made money, because like you know, okay, yeah. a lot of things make money. That there are a lot of things that suck that make money. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, but like, yeah, I mean, from critical reception wise, like you said, he made like eight films, and like six and of the all eight winners. are like fucking, you know, yeah, six of the eight or what? Like, just made so much money. And we're even though we're I don't season. want to make some money, yeah, but I'm we're critically well Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, like that's just like yeah, that, that's a really good, uh, that's a really good run.
0: And I think you know, and he doesn't he
1: pushes the art. Like he does push the art of filmmaking and what's capable and you know, pushes his actors. And like, you know, I don't wanna even though like this is not necessarily my necessarily my forte, I don't wanna undersell that point because like what there's some stuff that he's there's a not some stuff, there's a lot of stuff that he's doing that is like advancing the medium. Mm-hmm. And that's important. Mm-hmm. And I don't know too many other directors or people in the industry that are you know, maybe John Favreau, you know, when they did, started doing the volume and the way of shooting like that was obviously a big step forward. But James Cameron's like, on don't know, really is he is.
0: And, I, and if you look at the three specifically that crossed that that hollowed two billion mark that put him in just company of one, um, I think one of the things about them is that these are simple stories that are told in a way where it'll connect with audiences, no matter the language you're watching in. In fact, you could watch them on mute and know what's going on. You know, I think that's part of the reason that these films have such wide, you know, wide ranging success all around the planet. You know, if you go to Titanic, you go to avatar. These are films that if you were to even mute them, you know what's going on because the story is clear and uh, he's just, you know, I think he's got an eye for that. He knows how to tell a story that will capture the imagination of people, young, old, no matter where you live, no matter where you come from, you can connect to something in that story. And I think he's got a gift for that. Um, and then just a couple of interesting headlines that have come up of late just, you know, because of the discussion around Avatar and sure. pushing the medium forward and all that kind of stuff. You know, there was a, a, an article going around lately recently where, you know, James Cameron is talking about don't watch Avatar on your phone, you know, and a lot of people initially took that as like, you know, he he doesn't want his big, beautiful movie to be seen on this tiny little phone four or five inch screen but he apparently took it a step further that it's not really about the size of the screen or the the decibels in your sound system it's about making the choice not to multitask just go see the movie you know what i mean and i i firmly believe in that because again like if you're watching it on your phone you're getting notifications there's other stuff going on and clearly you're not as immersed as you could be and that's something I've talked about on this show a lot. You know, back in the day, I would talk about, you know, Orson Welles, the director would talk about this thing about, you know, lulling the audience into a dream state that the, you know, the, the director is trying to like, bring you into the zone of this movie, into the zone of this story. So you could lock into the rhythms and follow these characters and get lost in this story And you can't do that on your phone. You know, and in general, the idea of like just multitasking, it drives me nuts seeing people like I, I have a couple of cousins that every once in a while, like, you know, we go to their house for a movie night and my cousins are on their phone, like playing stupid, like app games and like going around doing errands around the apartment. Oh, no, I'm watching. And it's like, no, you're not like, yeah, I'm just I'm, I, I'm a Nazi about stuff. I'm like, but that I'm too, like
1: yeah.
0: you know, you, the whole point of this is to get lost and immersed in this exquisite world that these gifted storytellers are trying to bring you into. And if you're only half paying attention, then I honestly don't want to hear your opinion on the movie afterward. Right. I'm not interested. Because if you're going to say, oh, it was all right, oh, it was boring, or it was this, like, yes. how would you, you know? You didn't pay you attention didn't really for 90% want. of yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? If, if you didn't give it your full attention, then I don't want to hear it. So... Yeah. I just i I think he's you know I, I like that he stands on his soapbox for that, and I like that he clarified that it's not about like oh I want you to get up off your ass and go to the movies. It's also just you know it, I want you to make the choice to experience the yeah commit to the experience yeah. yeah you know and I just you know I, I I appreciate that about the guy, and then just an interesting note too because there was some talk, you know, as it was approaching this two billion mark there was some stuff about like you know he he said and now it's broken even so now i'm going to get to those sequels and i'm like wait a minute this thing had to make like 1.5 billion dollars to break even like wait a minute that's that's insane how is that not in and of itself a a, a, a headline like he did he spend that much money on av- on this movie but You know, I kind of sorted through that a little bit, and I think he's being a little bit, um, I don't know. I don't know if misleading is the term, but he's being a little cheeky for sure because people, I don't know if people realize, but he filmed Avatar 2, 3, 4, and I think maybe 5. He shot them all like concurrently in one long production like three or four years ago. So these movie, the sequels are pretty much in the can. I think the breaking even means now like this breaks even for all of them. Like whatever he spent on making right. all of them, now the rest is just gravy train profit. You know what I mean? Like stuff he could do to make the effects even better or whatever. Right. You know what I mean? But you know the the break even point that he he's referencing, I it can't be for way of the water. You know what I mean? If you had to make one point right. five billion to turn a profit holy crap what the hell i don't think any
1: studio would would, you know put money behind that yeah
0: that's insane so that's why i kind of wanted to just like put that out there because when i saw those headlines my ears certainly and eyes certainly perked up but But no and he and he filmed these things years ago there's even you know he's put out there that like one of the reasons he shot it all rapid fire all in one shot was to avoid what he calls like the stranger things effect where the kids are growing so fast that like you know by the time you get to the third or fourth movie they look like totally different people yeah. so he wanted to shoot this so that cuz there's kid characters in this it's more about the the their family so You know, so these movies are already in the can. So I just had to, like, clarify that. I felt like I wanted to clarify that on this show because the sequels are already done and there's no way the break even that he's referring to was just for way of the water. But um, all right. So I'm done gushing about the greatest (laughs) director of all time. Uh, Brett, before we bring this one home, did you want to get into another topic or two that are tickling your fancy?
1: yeah so a couple of little uh little updates uh cross over with a lot of our 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 topics um so on the video game end of things marvel's avengers uh so crystal dynamics the developer of marvel's avengers you know which is that like a live service uh marvel game that like you know listen when it was getting announced everyone was very excited for it it came out and it was like this weird cosmetic and a million different currencies and there wasn't a lot of content and then they just didn't have a good roadmap and and it didn't really like single player campaign was very good but all the end game content just like didn't seem to be sparking it some people got really into it but it wasn't big so they just came out and said that uh they will actually be ceasing development on the game uh as of september 30th this year so they did have a Ooh. big update at the end of last year. They added the winter soldier to the playable characters mm-hmm. added like a new uh, Omega level threat, which is like a thing you, it's like a raid and you would like attack it with like a bunch of your co-op friends. Um, uh, that, that, so that was the final new content to be added to the game. They're not going to add any new cosmetics to the game's marketplace. And uh, yeah, it looks like uh, there's going to be like an, a 2.8 update in March, which is just going to like update all the balances And that is it. Mm -hmm. Um, Apparently, the game, uh, the single player and multiplayer content is going to remain playable indefinitely. So it's still going to be able to be played. But just after September 30th, there's not going to be bugs, fixes, patches, you know, help. (laughs) And there's not going to be any new. And as of right now, there's actually no new content already. It's just the content's done. So just after that, it is it is dead in the water. So, um, yeah, that that game, it's a shame that that turned out the way it did. Um, Like I said, the single player campaign was really good. Um, But, you know, because they were relying so much on all like the end game multiplayer content, it's not like a very long campaign. Um, I almost wish like maybe they just didn't do the multiplayer stuff and just like fleshed out that campaign a little more, made it a little more beefy. And uh, you know, just release it as like a regular especially game, especially in a
0: world where Spider Man on you know, PS4 was so great, just focusing on the single player campaign. Yeah, imagine if they would have put that level of attention and detail into just telling an amazing adventure oh, I,
1: story And that's what Crystal Dynamics is known for like, they do story yeah. games. Um, they did the, the, the Tomb Raider series, like the new reboot of Tomb Raiders, which the games were very good, they're very capable games, they're, they're yeah. good developers, but I think they were in over their heads with this and i don't think they they knew how to make this type of this type of game this like live service always on updating game all the stuff and just yeah like the amount of time it took to like grind and get the 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 things you need without spending money just to like get basic upgrades and just even like upgrade the character to get to like the highest level like whatever it was like a cap of like level 30 or something like that it took me so long just to get like (laughs) I forgot even what I used like I think maybe it was Iron Man I got him to like oh no Captain America I got to like level 30 I think I maxed him out and I was like that was like I don't know man how many hours over 20 hours at least and I was like am I gonna go back and now do this for Hulk Iron Man Black Widow And and then, like, they added, like, another four or five characters since the game came out. So it's like, am I going to, I'm just like, I'm not going to, It's I don't have the time. And and it wasn't fun. It, like, it just, like, the design it's like they added the combat was like similar in a way to like spider-man and arkham like there's like a counter button there's a dodge button there's like that kind of rhythm but i because played of it a little game, bit yeah it was yeah.
0: clunky i
1: found it clunky. because of the way the game's designed and especially if you're in a co-op situation and playing with three other people mm-hmm. there's just enemies and effects and characters going off Everywhere and you can't focus, and it's like at least like in Arkham, like you know, in those games, and like Spider Man, like you have like the cues you could see when to counter, like it was just very unclear, with just so much stuff going on the screen, like when do I counter, when to do, do it, and everything felt floaty, it didn't like hit the way it did. So, it just for me, that's always how it felt, just never quite controlled right. And uh, you know, uh, and it, disappointment.
0: it's a real head scratcher though, because you would think, like, right now, here we are. In the golden age of superhero storytelling, right? On the yeah. big screen, especially Marvel, above all else. Marvel right now is the king of the pop culture kingdom right now. And we're also kind of in the golden age of video games and what all these yeah. new systems can do and all this. And it's like, you'd think this would be perfect. The Marvel Avengers game, this should this is be the ride. greatest thing. Yeah. And apparently right out of the gate, I heard people going like, they kind of screwed this up. You know, it's, yeah, it's, it's a real. They should have made it a
1: multiplayer game, or they should have had like a different yeah. team on, or someone to help, because they just didn't know how to like keep it interesting and, and engaging. And and I, I don't think know. Insomniac
0: should just do all of them. <laughs>
1: Insomniac should
0: just do all the Marvel
1: games. And this is not what I want. I don't think this is really what anyone wanted from uh, a Marvel, an Avengers game, or just like a Marvel game, like you know we we know what we want it's like we got a bunch of them with like arkham asylum arkham city yeah. arkham Knight, and the insomniac spider games like spider-man games like that's what we want i want like a story driven like single player thing i don't want any bullshit and cosmetics and challenges and weekly updates and i don't want any of that just give me like a yeah. really well designed game so um you know uh, at this point like you know maybe, if you wanted to like play a good adventure maybe a Avengers
0: multiplayer player spin-off you know what i mean maybe make one that is yeah. just gear towards multiplayer for the people like a free to play thing
1: or something i don't know yeah yeah
0: but i want to spend money (laughs) amazing dynamic single player adventure here with these characters that
1: i'm obsessed with you know yeah marvel's uh marvel superheroes 2 lego marvel superheroes 2 i think that's still probably the best avengers game you have oh, a whole wow. New York City to explore. <laughs> you have all the characters. It's yeah. funny. It's that, that's honestly, that's probably what you got. So, and then, okay, another. So now we're from Marvel. We're going to go to DC. So Suicide Squad, Kill the Justice League. That's Rocksteady's new game. The developers of the Arkham series. Um, this game has been developed for a very long time. Got delayed a bunch. Some leaks came out. And so I'm a little nervous, Mario. Because, like, the conversation we literally just came off of. So in yeah. a leaked screenshot of a menu screen, like a pause screen, there was the fateful words up on top that said battle pass and everyone the the internet and all the 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 fans collectively groaned, um, oh, no. and you could hear it around the world they heard it in the international space This <laughs> loud groan um so yeah like so you know we we knew uh the suicide squad we've known for a while that it is it's is going to be like a it's you could play it single player or it could be played co-op we knew it was like a four-player game like this so you know and we're hoping okay okay well hopefully you're looking at avengers and how they shit the bed there and like that it's not that great so like don't copy that and i don't know that they are because we haven't seen a lot of footage we don't know still don't know a lot about the game but they saw a battle pass and now everyone's like up in arms because they're like is it going to be like all is it just going to be cosmetics only is there going to be like all these like extra things where it's like they're, they're going to paywall like abilities or like cool things or even cool cosmetics that like you know in spider-man you just get to like do challenges and you unlock one of the cool throwback outfits or like all these different costumes. Like, is this thing going to be thing where I have to like grind for hours and like hit, hit five weekly challenges, you know, by the end of the week and I have to play on a time timer. So like, everyone's very nervous about yeah. that. Rock Study has not said anything yet about it. Um, there's also been some hmm. gameplay leaks that seems legit and uh, the game looks beautiful, but uh, it's more of like, um, at least from what I'm seeing, it, it's more of almost like a, like a, I don't want to say it's not like a first person shooter. It's a third person action game, but a lot of more ranged combat looks kind of like a third person action shooter. And, uh, mm-hmm. which I'm like, Oh, I don't know if I was expecting the game to be like completely like that. I was expecting elements of it, but, um, yeah, so it's, it's interesting. And I'm, and I'm a little like nervous about this game now. You know, it's, I'm a little, yeah. I'm a little nervous that they're going to like bog it down with a bunch of bullshit that I don't want to focus on. And, uh, try to like annoy me and get me to spend money or make i don't like feeling like i'm missing out on things because i don't want to spend more money after the 70 fucking bucks i plunked down to play the game yeah you know what i mean like i don't want things yeah, yeah, yeah. behind a paywall you know make it free to play then and then maybe i'll spend some money you know what i mean but
0: yeah
1: uh, so i gotta tell you to for have me,
0: to i have like i have like zero internal hype or interest in this i don't know maybe i gotta see a trailer. But, like, hearing yeah. this doesn't worry me because I wasn't planning on getting it. Like, I don't know. I'm just kind of, like, disconnected from <clears> that. You know, I like the – I love the Arkham games. Even the one that was, like, not made – the one that was made by uh, – Origins. Yeah, Montreal. that's by Louisville
1: Montreal. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Like, yeah, I love all of that. That whole world, that gameplay style. I'm all about it. But, like, if it's not a Batman story, I'm not – I don't know. I'm not too – I'm not yeah. – I don't know. I don't care. You know, so I'm gonna have to see some trailers that really blow me away and hear some. Well, I mean, like Brainiac me is in
1: it. Brainiac is yeah. like the villain, and he like. Do I have to Justice fight League?
0: Superman? Is Superman I, a bad I, guy? I, I Why so. are we killing yeah. the Justice League? I'm. I don't. I, I just give me a Superman game, all right? <laughs> like we still. Yeah. What I I I've been on this forever. We haven't gotten a triple A Superman video game
1: ever and you never never, will and you never will
0: oh but it's right there it writes itself there's there's (laughs) there's a way to do it anyway i'm not going to go into that right now but yes i'm not interested in killing the justice league i just want a freaking superman game already yeah but um but okay um I think that did you want to sneak in one other plug for your chatter after before we wrap things up?
1: Yes. So once again, every Tuesday at 830 p.m. Eastern time, if you go on YouTube uh, to the the chatter after uh, channel, um, you will find myself and friends of the show, Mike Thomas and Brandon Alvarado, the Scarlet fan uh, talking about each week's episode of The Last of Us um so you should definitely check that out um again it'll be on the youtube channel after it live streams on tuesday so you can just watch it at your leisure whenever you get a chance during the week but if you want to be a part of it you hop in there uh we always have one of us as like the guy in the chair and we uh you know if we get like any cool comments or questions we post them up on screen we talk about them in real time so it'd be great to like just hear from people so please check me out there and uh and then of course you could just get me at super on twitter
0: Yes, and you can get me at Superman on Film on the Twitter. If you have a question or a topic that you would like us to cover here on the show, you can email that over to the Fanboy Podcast at gmail.com. You can also follow the show on Twitter at the Fanboy Show and uh it's good to be back brett we will be coming back to you once again back at our usual uh, our usual day friday so it's kind of cool we're starting the week with monday a monday show and we're dropping a friday show and hopefully for the friday show we're going to get to talk about the first wave of dcu movies that gets announced
1: hopefully. hopefully
0: this week so everyone until next time be kind stay fanboy adios so long